Howdy, howdy, do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 299. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire. Yeah. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 Who fans, welcome back to the Big Blue Box podcast, it's great to have you here, I hope you're all keeping safe and well, you've had a cracking week hopefully and have all managed to do something Doctor Who related, hope you are all well, in a week where we've seen people putting baked beans on Weetabix, eh? What? Crazy, crazy, yeah this is the trend mate, the latest thing doing the rounds on on socials. It's not, who, it's not who this related. It's completely passed me by. What is this? Yeah, so people have been. Um, I don't know if they're heating up their Weetabix or just using them dry out the packet, but then they're putting beans over it. So it's beans on Weetabix. And uh, it's kicked off a huge sort of Marmite thing. You remember back in the day, the marketing campaign that Marmite used to use? You either love it or hate it. Yeah. So they haven't done that as a campaign, but it has divided lots of people. Lots of people are absolutely just enraged by this and yeah and other people are like actually i quite like it i've not tested it myself personally i'm not going to go down that road but yeah weird this is new information i've <laughs> how have i missed this well i guess like, that says something about who i follow on twitter i guess <laughs> yeah it must do <laughs> i thought this is like you know like some thing someone was doing for charity or something like why would you put i mean i don't like weetabix and I don't like baked beans, so this is a lose-lose for me. I won't be doing this. You don't I, like baked beans? No, I don't. What's the... Ugh. You want, you no, want your bloody head you. looking at, mate? <laughs> don't like baked I, beans? No. God, I've got visions of you now with two Weetabix. Oh. And you, you're like, you know, it's got to be three. Because that used to be their campaign, didn't it? 
but yeah. can you can you manage three Weetabix? No, I can't manage one. Yeah, I think that was a really funny campaign they did as well. This is back in the 90s, I think, here in the UK. It was, uh, have you had your Weetabix? It was like a kid yeah. that lifted up a car or something or an old granny that lifted up <laughs> a car. And it's like, oh, she must have had her Weetabix this morning. That's right. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I really like Weetabix and baked beans mm-hmm. independently. I just wouldn't put them together. That's kind of weird. But well, if you eat three... Oh, no, I'm thinking of shredded wheat, aren't I? It was shredded wheat. Have you eaten three shredded wheat today? Or is it the same thing? No, they're different things. Is it... Well, have you eaten X number of... I think you could apply to both, frankly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting confused. Well, I'm just thinking if you mix the two... So you have your three wheat, shredded wheat, wheat bakes, whatever, and your baked beans, and then you lift up a car, you're going to let off a big fart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be the double whammy. Oh, You'd have the no. beans and then all the fibre from the Weetabix oh. and, and shredded wheat. You'll be, yeah, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> it would not be good this anyway. Is a terrible idea. Whoever come up with this should should be removed from social media. Yes, yeah. They should have <laughs> the angels you, set on them immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so other than that, we have, um, well, first of all, I hope all of our listeners have had their breakfast this morning, whatever time of day you're listening to this. I hope you've had your Weetabix. <laughs> but we have no news, or it's just depressing, do we? We have no no news or of or any decent merch to talk through on today's show. It's, it's weird, show. isn't it? It's as, if, it's as if nothing is happening. Maybe nothing is happening. Perhaps COVID's shut everything down again. But there's a couple of weeks ago, we saw some... There was a few sort of pictures doing the rounds of like Sontarans. Oh, God, spoilers. Of Sontarans. Everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen it. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, some filming pictures on a beach. I'm trying to be careful what I say now because I'm, I'm so <laughs> aware that some people don't like any spoilers at all. So sorry. I will try and be good. Well, look, um, it's so- not our fault. We're just the middlemen. Yeah. Don't shoot the messenger or the middlemen. <laughs> They're all out there, <laughs> aren't they? But- but yeah, there seemed to be sort of filming pictures floating around, so we could see that the team, you know, the gang, <laughs> the fam, they were all out there doing their thing. And um, I don't know, everything's gone quiet again. It does, yeah, it's a bit tumbleweed at the minute. Yeah, it is. Defo. But, but don't worry, dude, because in a couple of weeks, we'll have season eight in our hands. It's only a couple of weeks till it's out. I can't blimmin' wait. Come the, on, the, the next Blue Week set. Yeah, um, I think yeah. it's uh, due... Like the eighth of March or something. It is, yeah. It's middle of March somewhere. So we got a few, yeah. got a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, and then it's on its way. I mean, the reason I say that is because I think um, Chris Chapman did a Zoom thing last night talking about the box set. So I, I couldn't join, unfortunately. But um, I know he tweeted saying, "Guys, it's only a couple of weeks till it's going to be in your hands," and it just got me excited. I was like, "Yes, cannot wait!" So at least there'll be something to watch. All those new documentaries and things and yeah it's gonna be good isn't it it's gonna be wicked dude yeah, yeah. can't wait for hopefully that hopefully they announce another box set soon so we've got we know we've got two on the way but mm-hmm. surely there's got to be a third this year surely come it on it feels like those it feels like those wheels are turning doesn't it if nothing else it feels like the blu-ray sets are back in production which is good yeah we need them oh definitely need them definitely yeah. need them in it yeah i'm still disappointed that here in the uk zoom.co.uk haven't got the the McCoy that is um twenty four mm-hmm. right season twenty four box set. Still. Yeah, they haven't, and um, there's something going on with Zoom. Uh, I don't think they're going to be getting it. I think they may have even confirmed they're not getting it. I can't remember. Mm. Um, some yeah, because I think they did send out an email or something 
telling people not to worry about season eight. They've secured their stock of that. They're going to be getting that. I think this is right. Don't take it as gospel. I just remember seeing something on Twitter, I think. But they were saying, but season 24, we're still unsure about or something. So, Hmm. not. What's going on with that then? I don't know. I think it might be being taken over or something. Okay. There's so many rumours, dude. I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to give you false info, but I, I... from what I hear, they're being taken over by someone else, so I don't know what's going on. Okay. Yeah, but we're not into rumours and stuff anyway. No, I was going to the other room I've heard is they're shutting down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, we don't but, do yeah. that stuff. But anyway, uh, I've got it on order from Amazon, so let's hope they come through. And to be fair, well, I've heard a lot of doing. horror stories about Amazon, but personally speaking, I've not really had any problems with them for a while now. So, touch wood, everything's cool for season 24. Whenever yeah, that's was, coming out, I've no idea. I was going to say, Amazon are, are, don't, are doing really well, so I don't think there's any danger of them closing <laughs> down. I think they've really um, benefited from the pandemic, I think, from what I've heard on the news. Uh, their mm-hmm. business is better than ever. Um, <laughs> there was something on the news about them the other day just saying they got record sales, so we don't need to worry about them going anywhere too soon, no. I don't think. No. Um, but yeah, no, I use Amazon or H&V. They, they both seem fine. I've never had a problem, really. Yeah. Uh, even with Amazon, when I've had that problem, and they're fairly good at sorting them out. So, yeah, just we've had a good relationship with Zoom over the yeah, years. Yeah, I love Zoom, and yeah. also I like to support. You know, they're obviously not making as bigger as bigger profit or numbers, whatever, as a huge Amazon like a company like Amazon does. So I like to support the underdog in a way. Um, you know, to support those guys. But yeah, it's a shame. But. No, I, I'm exactly the yeah. same because I do feel that Amazon have the bit of a, the monopoly, and I, mm-hmm. I'm exactly the same as you. I, if I can, and I know somewhere like HV or somewhere like that, which I know are normally good, I'll, I'll tend to order it from them. It just, to be honest, it just depends on the price. Really, I tend to go where the best price is, but somebody that I know is quite good because packaging's the other thing. I mean, I know that Amazon sometimes send out vinyl records. In jiffy bags, like <laughs> thankfully, I've never had this problem, but I have got friends who have. They're like, who sends out a vinyl record in a jiffy bag? Like it's it's all dented and, and I'm thinking, God, I would go mad if that happened to me. So not good. Yeah, not yeah. Good. So it's packaging and price for me. Those are the two important things. Yeah, yeah. I read you. So that's which I haven't. Sorry. Go yeah, on. it's going to be good. Look, I'm really looking forward to a new Blu-ray set. Diving into the extras and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah that excitement of, of like the day it's out and mm-hmm. and then some people sometimes get it early so no doubt anyone who's ordered it from zoom will get it on the saturday and they'll be <laughs> posting pictures and then people will be on monday they'll be like oh mine's finally arrived and i get annoyed <laughs> with that because because i work in retail we're, we're not supposed to sell things until the day it comes out you know it's, it's quite a they, I, I think it still is there used to be really big fines if you were caught selling something before the day it's released, you could be fined because you have to scan them through the till so they could tell that you've sold it early. So, you know, it was it's still quite a big deal, I think. So I, I kind of get annoyed when I see people be like, oh, it's finally here. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it, this is the release date. It's not this, this is you're supposed meant, to have yeah. it this day because people <laughs> have got it early. And uh, I'm, I'm the same. Though. I mean, I, it's lovely when you get it on the Saturday, you know, that that thing of oh, I've got it mm. and um and stuff so yeah it's also nice to see everyone getting it isn't it like everyone yeah. posting pictures and feels like a communal thing which is lovely yeah well looking forward to that i was just gonna say i haven't really done a lot who related this week oh, i've been a busy bee but um but i did get the lovely 50th steelbook come through uh you know the the oh cool yeah 
Yeah, the day of the Doctor Steelbook. It's fantastic. I mean, it's a beautiful steelbook. Did you order it? I did not. Oh, dude, because no. it's um, it's it's obviously been really popular. It's sold out everywhere, like the day of release. Um, it's so good to see that Who still sells so well. I mean, I know they make everything limited these days, but um, but the prices on eBay are ridiculous. Mm-hmm, so, imagine, I mean, obviously yeah. I got it, so I'm like really pleased, but I saw a few people saying, oh, I think some people who ordered theirs from Zavi, I think, haven't received theirs yet because Zavi haven't received stock of it for some reason. So I saw a few friends a bit peeved about that, saying like, you know, why hasn't mine been released, um, delivered, whatever. So... Yeah, and they've had orders cancelled, which is not good um, because if you look on eBay, the prices of it are like, well, some idiots got on there for 800 quid. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. And £4 postage on top of that. Um, but it's a gorgeous <laughs> steelbook and it's got, uh, it's got an adventurous space and time in it, which is just, you know, I mean, I, that never got sort of standalone Blu-ray release, which is madness. Oh, yeah. That still irks me, that does. Oh, it yeah. works me as well. So it's lovely to have that on Blu-ray in the set. And, um, yeah, it's a really good set. And obviously it's got the five-ish box. It's it's basically the same content that was in the 50th box set, which I think you have got, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, mm-hmm. you know, lovely steelbook with some nice artwork by Lee Binding. Um yeah, so it's a lovely set. I was really pleased to have got that. Nice. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna watch the Fireish Doctors later. It's been a while since I watched that. And <laughs> I think that's what I'm gonna dive into first because that and Adventure in Space of Time are the two highlights for me from that 50th set. They're just brilliant. They are, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I haven't done much either, buddy. I've um, yeah, it's been a busy few days for me at um at work, and Ooh. then the only thing I have done is um, we spoke last week. Was it last week or the week before? Uh, and then Maria from our writing team put out a, a post on it as well. Was the reissue, the reprint coming up of the Script Doctor book from Andrew Cartman? Oh yeah, yeah. So that I I dug that out and I started reading that again. I really love that book. You know, it's because I love that era of Who, as you know. Yeah. And uh, it's just a really, it's a it's it's one of a few books about Doctor Who that really give you a. Because you, you can only get so much from special features on DVDs and so on because, for one, you're limited for time, obviously. And second of all, the the people who are running the show at that time when they're making those special features and also the BBC, they're never going to put out anything that's really negative about the show. It's always going to be a fun, as you would expect, you know, a fun kind of, you know, this is what... I, went on behind the scenes of Doctor Who and it's all good the making of and everything like that and uh, but the books like um, the the Russell T Davis book that we've mentioned a billion times um, The Writer's Tale Writer's Tale and this book they just really give you a a a proper hands on as to what went on behind the scenes and those two eras of Who are really important so the, the Writer's Tale that was really important time around you know uh when david tennant was a doctor leading up to when he left and so on and then our andrew cartmel's book um the script doctor uh, or just script doctor should i say um around the time when mccoy was not even thinking of leaving like those guys were really into oh, creating yeah, like were... a new direction almost for the doctor and taking what they had built on in those two seasons and and then coming up with that as we know, it's been coined like, you know, the 
the cartmill plan or whatever it is. The cartmill master, master plan, plan yeah. 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 So the, him and McCoy and some other people were really coming up with this great um, direction and vision for McCoy's doctor and taking him down this more darker path and having his really cool story. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, the rug being pulled out from under them. And I think if I remember correctly, as you get to the end of that book, he doesn't go into, there's not like chapters and chapters about that. But the the final chapter, especially in the final two chapters, it does say that some people were not expecting it at all. Like some of the people that worked on the show, just I don't know, like set dressers and you know people like that. All of a sudden, it was like you know, boom, the show's gone. But there yeah. were a couple of people I think that saw the writing on the on the wall. But it's just a real fascinating read. So I'm I'm a couple of chapters into that. Which is it's, really it's cool, one but. of my favourite books. Uh, it, it's brilliant because I love the McCoy era as well. And um, Andrew gives a good sort of frank insight into mm-hmm. it, doesn't he? It's, it's it's a brilliant book. If if anyone listening hasn't got it and they want a sort of insight into the sort of who during that period, it's and it's a fascinating period when you know who was struggling. Uh, the BBC just wanted it gone, basically, didn't they? They they they, they just didn't see the. They couldn't work out why anybody was still watching it. They just to them it was just. Um, ready for the skip uh, yeah. but uh, the, the team actually making at the time were just so passionate about you know making it um, that you you'd, they were totally the opposite end of the sort of scale of it so it's a, it's a great book yeah and it's getting a re-release isn't it script doctor um yeah. what's the company is it 10 acre field 10 acre films yeah 10 acre films sorry yes 10 acre um, field would be I'm the thinking home of, of our friend though, aren't I? Yeah. yeah 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 um, they're reissuing it and if you have anybody hasn't got it, i really do recommend it and i'm as does Gary it's such a great book it is very good yeah and uh, it's 15 quid and um, just go over to the website Big Blue Box Podcast at Cadet UK there's an article from Maria uh, a couple down from the top where it's she mainly talks around John Bishop but then towards the bottom she talks about this book and there's a link to it to 10 Acre Films or just do a search for 10 Acre Films and you'll you'll see it on there but anyone that's interested in classic who and especially the sort of the winding down period as the classic era came to a close. And obviously some stuff about Sophie Aldred and Sylvester McCoy and all that stuff. It's also a little bit autobiographical <laughs> from Andrew Cartmel's <laughs> point of view, where it, it goes into how he got into the job itself. So how he was hired, how he got into it, his early ideas, and those early people that he worked with and all that jazz. So it's really fascinating uh, reading. Yeah. It is great. I was going to say, I seem to remember he has an interesting conversation with Pip and Jane Baker in a restaurant I don't know why that chapter speaks <laughs> to my mind because it didn't go well did it if I, if I recall uh, but yeah great book really really worth getting I, I've, I've got it uh, I've got it twice because he updated it with some extra stuff and I had to buy it again because it is so good it's such a good book yeah it's very good so that's what we've been up to not very much at all and like I said we've got no news or merch um, to go through this week so before we get on to our review remember to subscribe to our show whatever podcast app you listen to your podcasts on give us a sub we'd love to have you uh, as a subscriber so you don't miss a show when it lands every friday and um anyone that's just jumped on board if this is your first time listening to us or recently you've jumped on board then thank you very much for checking us out and listening to the show i've had a couple of emails through recently of people that have discovered our show and then they've gone back and they've started listening to it from the beginning and they're going through it all and so that's really cool. So thank you so much for uh, for doing that. And then obviously our long-time listeners, those of you that have listened for years and years, thank you uh, for your continued support. 
Um, so as well as the podcast app, head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our episodes on there as well. Plus, that's where our awesome writing team put out their reviews and articles. So go and check all of that out. We're also on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Links on the website or just search for us in those apps. We chat uh, Doctor Who throughout the week between shows, so come and get involved over there. And we have a free Discord server as well. Again, there's a link on the website. Come and uh, sign up to that. Uh, and he takes like 30 seconds and then hang out with other Doctor Who fans as chats happening there every day around classic and modern Who merchandise, big finish, all that jazz. Loads of chat uh, happening over there. So come and hang out there. And lastly, remember to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. Oh, yes. It is The Geek's Handbag. Yeah, some new vids coming out. So go and have a look at those. Adam's been busy, been busy with that hard, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Vids, yeah. So go and check that out. And Adam's on the socials too under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. To go and yeah. follow him and give him a like and all that stuff over there. On with the show, dude. Review time. What have we got? Yeah, yeah. so uh, this week we're doing Sarah Jane a story, and this one's called Goodbye, Sarah Jane. My name's Sarah Jane Smith. I'm not an amateur. I don't think you are. Spacecraft approaching the solar system. Headed on the screen. What are you doing? Our job is to protect this planet by any means. Dark Horn Warriors! Wait till you see what I've got for you. You've got to help. Clyde? What the hell's going on? I've got us killed. It's the only way. Or Clyde and Sarah Jane will die. Ruby! <laughs> Ruby, Ruby, Ruby! <laughs> Goodbye, Sarah Jane Smith. This was first broadcast back in 2010. The first episode went out on the 15th of November and then the following day on the 16th, part two, went out. It was written by Gareth Roberts and Clayton Hickman and directed by Joss Agnew. It stars the usual Attic crew at this point. Even Tommy Knight is back as Luke Smith and K-9 are back as well. And there's a very small, we've got a couple of returning characters. We've got um, Rani's parents and we have um, uh, Julie Graham playing the uh, the character of Ruby White and so the way the story pans out is it f- seems or appears that Sarah Jane is uh, developed some sort of dementia it looks like you know she's forgetting things she's making mistakes she's putting people in danger and so on and she realizes that she just can't really She's not the person to sort of save the earth anymore because she's making these mistakes. And I think she there's a, there's a point where she's extremely gutted because she goes after these aliens and she was she's about to be killed. But it's all been manipulated by this Ruby White character. But she puts Clyde and Rani in danger, so that really that really shakes her. And um, it turns out that the the baddie in this one, Ruby White, she's been manipulating her mind and making her feel this way and physically altering her mind as well. She gets a scan from Mr. Smith and he's like, yep, your brain uh, is diminishing and so on. So she's like, right, I hand over everything to Ruby White. I'm going off, not even going to say goodbye to, to Luke and anything. So she's off. But then towards the end of part one, Ruby White shows her true colours, locks Sarah Jane up in the basement where... Um, there's this big pulsating thing. It turns out to be the stomach of this alien, Ruby White, and she feeds off this bad 
um, energy, this sort of um, the, the the soul, if you like, of someone's of someone's dying, and uh, down to Clyde, Rani, and Luke, and K nine, I suppose, um, to to stop stop Ruby and then rescue Sarah Jane. So the finale, dude, the last episode of series four. Mm. What do you reckon? I thought. It was a cracking end to the series. Um, I was kind of floored by it a little bit. I was expecting it to be a good little watch because generally Sarah Jane is. We haven't really had a particularly bad episode in the whole four series that we've watched. Um, you know, there's been some better than others. But this one took me a little by surprise in the fact that I thought it was really good. Um, I was engrossed in it right the way through. There was no point where I felt the story lagged or dropped or slowed down. It seemed to be it seemed to hit the ground running and just kept that tempo all the way through. I thought it was brilliant. There was some lovely quieter moments, which were still really good. Um, like there's a bit where uh, Gita has this lovely chat with Rani saying to her, well, Sarah Jane would never do that. And I, I, the, just the whole um, structure of the story I thought was brilliant. You know, it's a simple story that Ruby is trying to replace Sarah Jane. It's this, the storyline itself is fairly straightforward and simple, but the whole cast bring it to life. They, the, the cast are fantastic in this. Um, and I, I found it a little hard to watch at times because we said that the last Sarah J story was quite adult in tone. I think this one's quite adult in tone as well. And seeing Ruth manipulate Sarah in the way she does, and she's sort of throwing her around a bit in some scenes and shoving her in the basement and, really sort of taunting Sarah Jane, who's become really weak in this story. She's, you know, mind's memories going and, you know, uh, Ruth's really sort of getting under her skin. And it was hard to watch um, that, to be honest. I don't know if it's because I'm aware that, you know, Liz Sladen at this point perhaps wasn't too well. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I find it quite hard to see Sarah being so... Uh, manipulated and I think um, who played Ruby Julie Graham did a great job in playing that evil character and the way she switched I mean you could see it coming it was pretty obvious that Ruth was what Ruth was trying to do so it's a little bit predictable the story but um, when she turned evil and I don't know I, I found some of those scenes with Sarah Jane being locked up and stuff quite hard to, to watch to be honest and I think it's just because I love Liv so much it was hard to see her in that situation, even though it's just a program and you know, it's not real, but yeah, I still thought it was a, quite gritty in a way for a kid's show. Um, not that there's any, you know, violence or blood or anything, but yeah. So I, I was very impressed. I thought it was really, really good, simple story, but um, really well brought to life by the cast and uh, a brilliant end to series four. Um, and it was great to see, Luke and K9 coming back as well. It did feel like it could be like the end of the series, didn't it? I I know we've got series five, which was never completed. I think, is there only three stories in series five? I can't remember, but I know we've got a few more episodes to watch, but there's not, this sort of almost felt like everything was being rounded up. It felt like a proper sort of big conclusion to the Sarah Jane series. So yeah, I, I was impressed. I thought it was very good. Really enjoyed it. Like when it, it it had me on the edge of my seat a little bit. You know that Sarah Jane's going to come good. You know that the kids are going to save her. But you know you had like Clyde being locked in that spaceship up in space, and it was all going wrong. And 
I was just enthralled by it all the way through, to be honest. Oh, glad. I'm, I'm glad you liked it, dude. I feel, I, I feel much, much the same. It's a, it was a cracking story, a cracking watch. And it, was, it, it had that really engrossing, almost epic feel that you would expect from a finale of a series. It did, it, you yeah. Know, it had really that feel did. to it. Mm. Um, so I'll get this out of the way. Um, it did feel there, there was a, a part of me that was just my heart just sank. There's that one scene where when Sarah Jane asks Mr. Smith to scan her and he does and he finds that what he sees anyway as her her dementia or her brain problem, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you're sick, Sarah Jane. And she's like, OK, you can see like I'm not sure on Elizabeth Sladen's what she was going through at this time because I'm not sure when this was filmed but this went out obviously in November I'm I'm assuming it was filmed earlier on in the year they wouldn't have filmed it obviously the week before or anything like that so I assume it was it it was filmed months and months before and um it's just the look in her face and it's just almost like did she know at that point that she was ill um or was it shortly after because there's there's a couple of conflicting stories about that. Mm. Um, some, you know, some places say that uh, she started to to fall ill shortly after filming, so she wouldn't have known. Some people say that she she knew at this point when she was filming, and whether she said anything to anybody, I'm I'm not sure. But it, my heart just sank. And when Mister Smith says, you know, there's no cure, you know, we can't fix this. Yes, you know. I know. Yeah. So that was hard, and um, yeah. So I'll get that out of the way. That sad bit because I don't want to dwell on that side of it. You know. That's that's but, why when I said it was hard to watch <clears throat> at times. That's yeah, definitely one of the scenes that I was like really floored me. Mm. Uh, to be honest, so just to, just to sort. Of, I don't know when Liz became aware that she was ill. I mean, she wasn't officially diagnosed with cancer till February. 2011 which is obviously after this was filmed but i think during this time she probably wasn't uh 100 i assume i don't know but yeah, yeah but that, yeah. that like you said that's hard to watch knowing what happens to elizabeth slade and in real life when you see that scene um it does hit home a little bit yeah whether it's just a a, a strange coincidence or not i don't know <laughs> no no i read you and um yeah so this was the final this was the final story that was broadcast while she was alive yeah obviously which is sad in itself so those other episodes that were filmed for series five they would have been done by now i assume so i imagine that this story would have been filmed quite quite early on in that year of of 2010 so yeah it is a sad thing i want to get out of the way because i don't want to dwell on that i don't want it to be a downer because uh because like all of the stories that we've reviewed going through sja she's she was just great as always in it you know there wasn't yeah. i can't think of a single episode where she um where Liz laden took her eye off the ball in any way there was a couple of episodes where she was a bit quiet and a little bit um subdued maybe but i think that's more down to just the way that her character was written for that there was a couple of almost sarah jane light episodes that we've gone through you know yeah. so and she didn't do a, a great deal in those episodes but I think that's just the way she was written and directed, just to be a bit more sort of in the background and let the other characters sort of shine through a little bit, I guess. But stories like this where she's 
you know, pretty much front and center, like, like always, she's just great. You know, she's got such a, she's so strong, which is, you know, adds to the upset, I guess, of what happened later on in her life. But in, in even this point where she's not far from being diagnosed as being ill in real life and stuff, she's just got that strength on camera and she's got that authority and that presence about her. So mm. she was really good in this as well. Like she played that really good. And it's another one of those stories where she plays, uh, she can play a different side of her just so easily where she was very confident at the beginning and kind of brushing off these little things because that scene where she can't remember the doctor's, not his real name, but she can't remember that he's called the doctor. Yeah. And that really yeah. throws her. And then, but she's still confident, you know, she gives Clyde the gun and she's still like, right, let's rock and roll. Let's go and sort these aliens out. But then that decline as the realization that something's not right. And it's, that's amazing to watch, however sad it might be. And then at the end where she's knackered because she's chained up and, and everything. And then at the end where she's back to, She's just back to good old Sarah Jane. It's great to see, just watch Liz Sladen on fire like mm. that. She's really good. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a very strong performance from her. I mean, she's always good, um, but she she's particularly strong in this story. And she's plays that whole thing about the sort of, you know, being tired and I've had enough and I can't, her my memory's going a bit. She can't remember the doctor and she's that written. She gets really angry about it. Like you would as well. She's like, well, how can I forget him? This is ridiculous. And, um, she just plays it so well. Um, and the thing is I said, so when I said it's predictable, I meant it was predictable that Ruth was going to turn out to be bad. We could see that coming. Ruby. But the rest of the story is, sorry, uh, Ruby. Yeah, not Ruby. <laughs> uh, Ruby. Um, but the rest of the story has loads of little twists and turns. And it was, I thought it was really well constructed. I, I love the fact that um, I particularly like that scene with, with Geeta um, where she's, you know, the run is all upset. Sarah Jane's gone and the run has just accepted it. That Sarah Jane has gone off and Rita's just like, well, she would never do that. Don't be <laughs> silly, my darling. And it was so beautifully active between the two of them. Now Geeta, we like her, um, but she, you know, sometimes, uh, what's the actress who plays it called? Min Minna? Minna? Uh, uh, Mina? Minna? Mina Anwar. Mina Anwar. Now, sometimes she does go a little over the top <laughs> and she plays it as quite a fun character. She gives a great performance in this. Um, it's a bit more understated than she normally goes. And um, I, I, I mean, I just can't fault any of the cast in it. They're, they're just, all of them are really, really strong in this particular story but yeah as i said there's lots of nice little twists like that and i like the fact that clyde um i mean he's sort of having none of it is he he's he's like straight away just thinks something's wrong he, he refuses to accept that sarah jane would just go off and then that scene where ruby grabs him and she's like oh you you know you've worked it out have you well i'll sort you out and she goes and bungs him up in the prison up in space i mean it's pretty harsh stuff when she's grabbing his arm and mm -hmm. he's like well i'll soon sort you out and <laughs> i just loved the fact that i was constantly wondering how they were going to get out of it like you know they're gonna but <laughs> there was a level of threat all the way through it and i thought ruby was a really good villain i i mean i thought she played it really well she was bordering on sort of being a little bit i wouldn't say pantomime because that that un, that's unjust but you know, she was evil. She was playing the evil villain. But I thought she was quite harsh. And there, it was really well directed as well. Like, there's a, there's a scene, which is straight out of a horror movie, really, when Sarah Jane's in the basement 
and I think he thinks she's going to escape. I can't quite remember what's happening now, but you just see Ruby. There's a quick shot of her just trotting down the stairs. You just see her legs. Yeah. You're like, oh no, Ruby's coming. And it's like, it's, you feel the threat from her because she mm-hmm. doesn't take any nonsense. She's a really nasty piece of work. Um, so I, I thought the character of Ruby was really good because the start of the story, she's sort of pretending to be like a, a modern day Sarah Jane. She's sort of come out of nowhere. She's going around saving the universe and she lives a couple of doors along for Sarah Jane. It's like, who's this? The new Sarah Jane? You know, so I like that idea. But of course, she's going to turn out to be <laughs> a baddie a villain. And I thought the switch was really good. I just thought she was quite menacing. She's really harsh with Clyde. She's really horrible to Sarah. Like the scenes when she's, you know, taunting Sarah Jane are vicious. Yeah, um, yeah. So I thought she played the part brilliantly, uh, Julie Graham. Um, it's driving me mad trying to work out where I've seen her. Is she from Corrie or something? She definitely seen her in loads of stuff i'm sure loads that of things mate. oh she yeah. has done loads yeah i'm just looking at uh wiki now but i'm sure she she, she was in a long running soap or something i'm sure I'm sure i know her from some yeah well she was in um looking at god she's done loads of tv i don't know where what it is i don't recognize her from, yeah but... she was in series 12 doctor who as well was she for a couple of episodes yeah she played um ravio you remember from um uh I don't remember. She had, uh, what was her? Series 12. Um, I don't know. can't remember her in it. In that ter- Maybe that's where I recognise her from. <laughs> yeah, she's done loads of stuff, though, dude. She's yeah. done, um, she's done, um, uh, just, well, I don't think she's ever starred. Like, she's not had a main, main role. Um, in anything she's always played yeah but she was um you remember that oh series i'm um, series 12 it's the one where they um it's the cybermen story yeah so it's the finale it's like av Colos, you know that yeah that thing um she plays the character who's like one of the human survivors oh, and they go on the, yes, and they I go off yeah. remember yeah 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 so she was quite good in that as well to be fair she was quite cool I think she was one of the only survivors as well. When they get to the place where I can't remember where that was, mm-hmm. I think it was her and her husband or her and her boyfriend or something like that. But anyway, yeah, she was in who she came back and, and had a part in who, but what, um, what did you think of her as the villain though? Was she too over the top or did you think she was good? Cause I, I thought she was really menacing. I generally thought she was quite mm. terrifying. Like I'd hate to meet, <laughs> meet her down a dark alley. <laughs> she was really good. And I thought, you suspected that she was up to no good when we first see her. You kind of knew that. Yeah. She played that very well. It was like 95% I'm legitimate and I'm whatever. 5% like, can you trust me? You probably shouldn't, but, you know, mm. so that was a really good. You almost believed her. And it, it was written really well to be, because even Clyde says, oh, she's she's just like you. Yeah. And so that they really sort of hammer home that, idea that this is sarah jane's replacement because like you said she just turns up she lives a few doors away she's quite similar so that switch and it's really good when and it's also heartbreaking as well because sarah jane's like mr smith erase me from the audio 
data entries and everything like that. Yeah, and she's given uh, her the car keys. Yeah, and she just sonic gives... lipstick and all that. Oh man, it's it's really heartbreaking because that's one of those moments where you literally are like, "What are you doing?" Like, yeah. no, like so. Even before the switch, even before Ruby turns, you can you can sense that something's not quite right because even in Sarah Jane's state at that point. You, she would never just hand over everything to a stranger pretty much and, and all the rest of it and then that switch is really good when yeah and then like you said it's horrible to watch when she's like right like really roughly like throwing her down the alley, alleyway like she's and, being rough with yeah, her doesn't it yeah. i mean I, i'm sure she wasn't but it it really looks like um julie graham is throwing this laden around it's it's you know it's it's very well directed this mm-hmm. episode by D- Joss Agnew. I kind of, when she was doing all that stuff, so you, she's sort of manipulating Sarah Jane into giving her everything, including the sonic lipstick <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mr. Smith and the attic. And it's like, you, you, you know, she's sort of turned evil. But I was almost expecting her to sort of turn out to be an alien. So I was, I was waiting for her to, you know, some CGI to appear and to her to morph into something. I thought, I kept thinking, what is she going to be? What's she going to turn out to be like when she drops the human facade? But we we never really see that, do we? So we see this stomach, which is a weird concept. It's one of the only bits in the story I can't quite get my head around. So she's got her stomach in a basement, which is being fed off all this stuff that she's doing, all this energy. I didn't quite get that. But, yeah, I, I just kept thinking she's going to reveal herself in a minute. Like, you know, a bit like the trickster or kept thinking, who is she? What's she going to be? Mm. Um, and she is an alien. What do they call it? The Katesh or something like the that? Katesh, yeah. Katesh, yeah. So she is an alien, but we don't, I don't think we see her in her um, true form, unless that is her true form. No, it's not, is it? But no, I don't think so. Um, we don't really see, unless that stomach thing is her true form. I don't know, but... Oh, that yeah, was a bit, maybe. that was a bit weird that stomach thing. Yeah. Katesh with a Q by the way. Oh, was it? Not a K. Yeah. Oh. The, the not the Quatesh, but the, the Katesh. Yeah. Katesh. Yeah, no, I thought she was a great character, man. There were there are a couple of moments I think you mentioned it where she borderlines on a little bit panto, she hams it up a, a wee bit in a hams few it scenes. Up a little. However, she does play it very she has got that and there are sometimes you don't have to put on like a big scary face or be or be menacing or stuff to come across as scary she does that very well just in plain sight and there's that and again i love that scene that you mentioned where clyde and rani have legged it to go and help sarah jane because they found out where she is they've got that clever little ruse happening where rani puts the phone down so K9 can hack in and that was all good and then that reveals their location and then that bit where Ruby isn't running after them. She, you just see her very casually and slowly coming down the stairs, down the steps, and then you think, "Oh God, she's yeah, get this out. is not going to end well." Uh, of course it does, but yeah. So I thought the character was good, man, and that switch was great. And there's also a couple of other little bits that she was good with as well. When Rani goes to see her, and it is the ruse. She plants the phone down, and Ruby knows what's going on, and we know what's going on. And then she finally switched and she's like, you know, you should be more, you know, authentic or whatever with your, whatever you should, whatever. With your lies. With yeah. your lies and stuff. Yeah. So that was really good. And of course, by that point, Clyde had already blown up and he's not happy. He had a right old go at Rani, didn't he, about his dad he going. He did, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads on to what we were saying 
in the was it the last SGA we reviewed or the one before that we said that although this is ultimately a kids show on CBBC it really does have that darker undertone at times mm. and we we felt it when I think it was the end of the world episode so not lost in time the one before when they go back in time but one before that when those two robots are, oh yeah you know and uh, we 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 basically uh, came to the conclusion that we've kind of travelled along and matured along with Clyde and Ronnie and Luke and so on. So inevitably, it does get written slightly more adult in places and tone and stuff. But in this one, it really does hit home just how independent they've come. Yeah, those yeah. guys and how good they are. Because that was one of the highlights for me was that I think the story was trying to get across that even if things are going to to beep um you rely on the people and trust the people around you that you love and and all that stuff and even though they had a bit of a wobble like that scene you mentioned with rani and she's upset that, that sarah jane's run off or gone off and her mum's like look i've seen how you two are i've seen the bond between you there's no way that she would just go and not say goodbye or anything so rani's like yeah you're right something isn't quite correct here and uh and Clyde's having none of it as well. And then this whole time this is all going on, obviously Luke comes back and he's not happy. This whole time that everything's going on, Sarah Jane, once she realises that she's not ill and that she's been manipulated both physically and mentally by Ruby, she says it a few times. She's like, they will come for me. You're yeah. not going to get away with it. You know, They'll come and save me. And Ruby still tries to to bash her, her confidence down and everything and... She's like, nah, they're not coming for you sort of thing. And so that that message was, I think they're trying to get across, like, you know, you trust your best friends, trust your family, you know, and all that. So, but the way that the, the way that Clyde and Rani and Luke to a degree were written were just so good in that if we rewind time and go back to even the beginning of series four, especially in the previous series, it was very much like, well, what would Sarah Jane do? You know, mm. what would Sarah Jane do? And, um, you know, how are we going to fix this? You know, we can't do anything without Sarah Jane sort of thing. Whereas in this one, it's not even that. It's not even a case of what would Sarah Jane do? They don't even question that. It's just, right, we're in a we're bang. We need to go and rescue Sarah Jane and we will do it the best way we know how to do it. Mm. So for me, dude, along with Liz Sladen, the highlight was those guys. Um, some great scenes like when Clyde blows up at Rani and he goes and, you know, and then he figures out it's really good because, oh, that lovely scene as well with Mr. Smith when he's giving him the letters of the alphabet and oh, Clyde's yeah. trying to figure it out and then it's like, beware, R and, you know, and then he goes nuts and then he gets transported into the, as he puts it, the PlayStation um, golf ball prison thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then Rani, she's doing a thing and then Luke, you know, he's... He's not messing about at all. He's, he has a good one. Back. Yeah. So, mate, the companions, quote unquote, the Attic Crew, made it for me. Their performances and their, they were so good. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that makes it feel like such a good final is because you do see that they've really come into their own, these guys. Like, you know, instead of just following Sarah Jane round and doing the odd bit here and there, they're now working as a team without her to figure this out. And they figure it out really well. That's why I, I thought bringing Luke back worked so well because he's that intelligent um, sort of kid, isn't he? That 
figures out all the sort of numbering stuff like when they give her the coordinates for Clyde he immediately works out well that's in space and you know because that's what he does and so bringing him back to the story worked brilliantly then you got K9 doing a great bit of action then K9 he, K9 <laughs> when he sorts out the what does he call it quote unquote PlayStation and yeah. that was that worked really well that was a really nice idea I love the fact that Clyde asks if he can keep it. He's like, well, it's basically a games console now, so can I have it? And, you know, once again, <laughs> Clyde being written written really well. So, yeah, you just get to see that they're, um, they're no longer these sort of just kids. They, they actually are quite capable of, of thinking for themselves and working out what they need to do to, to save the day and save Sarah Jane. And that's it, it just really, that's what I mean. It felt like such a good final because they're all working together. They've all grown together and it really shows in this story you know and sarah jane realizes it as well doesn't she she's like you said she she knows that i'll be all right those guys won't let me down sort of thing she's whereas before she might have been quite protective and like no 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 you guys you know you're too young you'll get hurt don't do anything sort of thing she probably try and protect them now she's like no they can handle themselves sort of thing Mm -hmm. so yeah isn't it the the progression the progression from those characters yeah from Series two, I guess, since Maria left and Rani jumped in and filled that spot, I suppose, if you want to look at it that way, they've really come into, like you said, they come into their own. And she, Sarah Jane's not worried at all. Like I said, every time that Ruby tries to, to bash her down even more, she never lets up. She's like, no, you won't get away with it. It's a bit of a Scooby-Doo moment, I suppose. It's like, you won't get away with this. And then Ruby's like, I would have got away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. It's a bit of a... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in a nice way, in a, in a really cool um, sort of way. But in talking of K-9, this is the last time that we see K-9 oh, in wow, any kind really? of Doctor Who media of any kind. This is the last time. What? This is the last time we see K-9 Mark IV. Oh, no. What, he's not in five, he's not in series five. Oh. So we don't see K9 Mark IV in any kind of media in the world of Doctor Who. The next time that we see K9 Mr. Mark IV was last year's Farewell Sarah Jane. You know that nice little thing that Russell wrote. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. so he pops up in that. But dude, like it's an exit for K9 as well. It's oh. like Yeah. Um but he was cool it, man, and there's a little bit of bants as well between him and Mr. Smith, which is always funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think he calls him, uh, they, uh, he gives him another nick, not a nickname, but he calls him something, um, which is really funny. It's, um, uh, I don't know, he calls him like inferior, uh, he calls him inferior Smith uh, <laughs> because because um, he knows that Mr. White, this little other AI thing that Ruby's got, yeah. K9 knows that he got the better of him. So he calls him inferior Smith and it's a nice little bit of bants between those two and stuff, which is cool. And uh, so, yeah, man, like everything sort of clicks into place with this, doesn't it? Like you've got these great, it almost feels like it was written by Russell to a degree, you know, it does definitely does have that really nice character progression and interaction stuff, which is really cool. Um, A couple more things I just want to pick up on quickly. Um, I thought the aliens that turned up look really badass. I'd like to have seen the Dark Horde. They were almost like something out of the Marvel Universe. Um, considering they're only in that short bit yeah they did look good didn't they they did look like they'd really sort of put some effort into the costumes yeah i thought that i thought they were going to reappear or become you know be something a bit more prominent in the story but yeah we only see them for a couple of minutes and they did look good yeah 
They did it really cool. They looked like something at Marvel. It was like mm. th- these dudes. Anyone that's seen the second Thor film, the Dark Elves and stuff, it was almost like that where just these badass people who were just, all they want to get into is warfare. They're just like, right, we're going to take over the planet. And uh, they block all the communications and everything. And, and they look really good as well. Like they've got these cloaked sort of armor and stuff and they've got these cool weapons. So I'm not sure if they turn up anywhere else. No, um, I'm not sure. Like in Big Finish or any comic books or anything, but they do look very cool. I'd like to see more of A little bit wasted those. in a yeah. way. Yeah, it'd be good to see more of them. Just while we're talking about them, did you notice anything else around that time in, in the scene, music-wise? Oh, yes. It was um, it was the theme, wasn't it, from the, um, David Tennant's story? I don't know. It's, it? I thought it was... So the music in this is really good throughout the whole thing. It's a little bit loud at times, unless it's just my TV. There was a couple of bits where I felt like they needed to turn it down because I couldn't hear what the people were saying. But in that particular scene with the Dark Horde, I thought the music sounded almost identical to I Am The Doctor. It, but it was like a sort of a choral version. Did you notice it? It's yeah. Like, oh, 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 right. And I was okay. like, oh. Did you notice that? I did notice, yeah. I I thought it sounded like the tenant story um, at the end of The Waters of Mars. Oh, well, yeah. Yes, that as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably more correct, though. It did, now that I think about it, it did sound a bit like that. But yeah. Very sad. I don't know who did the music in this story. (laughs) It was Sam Watts on this one. Sam Watts. Yeah. But we've we've had that a couple of times, haven't we, where there there was a theme not so long ago in SJA and that was then the theme for um something else that was used in Who that Murray Gold had written and they they used it. It was another theme from something which is cool. Yeah. We we mentioned it like in the last one or two SJA stories. But no, I, I picked up on that. It was very cool. But initially I was drawn to like the Time Lord Victorious thing that tenant that sort of era. But no, you're probably right, dude. It's probably um yeah, shades of um I am the Doctor, yeah. Yeah, music is good in this, though, isn't it? But did you? I don't know if it's my TV though, but it was a little loud at times. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit bombastic, but good, yeah. it was still good. Uh, certainly ramped up the tension when it needed to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention is um, uh, there was a nice little touch with Luke and everybody at the end. So the, the as the so the the story closes with obviously Ruby being. Um, transported back up into the floating prison she's off even though she does say i'll be back you know your planet will suffer and all that stuff that was a really good sort of yeah. send off for a typical baddie but that she's lovely really that. yeah there was that lovely moment where sarah jane's like oh it doesn't matter we'll go out for pizza or whatever we've earned we've earned a night off and when they go outside just the last 30 seconds of episode are lovely where Luke turns back up and he's still driving the the beetle that Sarah Jane yeah, gave him. Yeah, the yellow beetle, yeah. To go off to uni, so they all bundle in that, and then, you know, and then Sarah Jane says something like, you know, there's lots going off around in the universe, but you know, you should take a look on Earth sometime, something like that. Mm. And then Bosch, we're off, and it's like, it almost, it almost hits you for six at the end. It's like, oh crikey, like that was a really good good story yeah and then before you know it it's like click of the fingers it's like everything's back to normal um so i really like the ending i mean and it didn't feel like some with with some stories 
across everything, Doctor Who, Torchwood and Sarah Jane, sometimes the ending is rushed a little bit. Which is, and that really, that's like, oh, like why did you write yourself into a corner where you had to wrap this up really quickly at the end? But this one, you really felt like Ruby was put on trial almost. It was like, you know, you're, you know, you had a good shot, but, you know, you're, you're no match for us sort of thing. So, you know, get out of here. And then she has a big closing speech and stuff like that. And, um, and it was just that big build up as well with like K9 and Mr. Smith doing their thing those guys doing their thing it was a really good conclusion it wasn't just at the very end like oh all of a sudden like there's a ray gun that appears out of the cupboard that can has been conveniently programmed to to kill aliens of this sort and then you know it wasn't like that so i felt i thought the ending was 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 a corker really good yeah no it, it when it finished it left me and i said i was a bit flawed because i I was expecting to enjoy it. I thought it was going to be a good final. I've never seen this story before, so it was totally new to me. And I thought, yeah, series four, and it just seemed to, it just seemed to up the ante just a little bit more um, than I was expecting it to. If you know what I mean, and I thought it was just going to be another final little two-part adventure with the Sarah Jane gang, which we love. But it took it to another level. This one, it felt like a, a proper epic end to the series um which took me slightly by surprise i was when it finished i was like wow Mm -hmm. that was blimming good i was (laughs) like really really like impressed by it rather than just being like yeah that was good another good one i was it was just that next level of wow that was brilliant that was truly superb it had had me on the edge of my seat a lot of the time uh you know and it's just a cbbc show and it's but to me i think they really you can tell the love that's gone into it They've taken it to the next level. And yeah, it's a great ending. Um, I, I thought the bit where Sarah Jane sent Ruby back to a spaceship, just again, a really strong moment from Liz where she's like, your people dished out your punishment. I think you should serve it. And she sends yeah, her back. There's yeah. no sort of like, you know, um, it's just her doing her thing, basically, mm-hmm. you know, put, putting her back where she should be. And the scream from Ruby was quite harsh as well, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was a great ending. I was slightly worried when when all the action's over and we're, we're getting the last 30 seconds, you just had Sarah Jane, Clyde and Rani talking to Mr. Smith. And I was like, oh, where's Luke? I like, they haven't done oh, a, yeah. Um, yeah. they haven't done a Captain Jack, have they? And just, <laughs> he's just, he's not going to do a phone call and do a goodbye. Is he? No, no, no. Thankfully they come out and there he is with the beat. And I was like, ah, oh, the perfect ending. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was slightly worried. It was going to be a bit like you said, a bit rushed and, it was just going to be them saying goodbye to in front of the computer. But no, Luke's out the front. He's got the car. They go off for pizza, zoom out of the earth with Sarah Jane doing a little monologue. Absolutely perfection. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just, when the, the episode ended, was just like, that was brilliant. Just literally mm. sat there going, that was fantastic. I loved it. And I, kept, I immediately thought, oh, I wonder if you're watching, because you know, I watched this yesterday, I was thinking, I wonder if Gary's got that same, I wonder if he's just finished watching it and he's got this same feeling that i have <laughs> sort of thing and it's good that you did by the sounds of it so yeah i did buddy yeah i was yeah but at the end of but it i just great. had to uh because normally when i finish watching something doesn't uh could, you know anything not just review episodes but normally when it's done and then the credits roll uh, sometimes i watch the next time if they're any good but um obviously there wasn't one with this uh, but i normally just you know turn it off i'll turn it over and just carry on doing what i'm doing with this one i just took 30 seconds to just and i was like whoa like it was a, a combination of that was a great story a really good story and a great finale 
And then a small part of me was like, that's actually really gutting because that's the last full series of Sarah Jane that we've got. You know, the next series is just uh, whatever they filmed up to this laid and going. So it kind of floored me in that respect as well. I was like, we've come to the end of a full series and you and I have loved, you know, I don't want to put a stake in the ground now because we've got a few more episodes to watch, but mm. you and I have absolutely loved the majority of SJA since we started reviewing it. And it's one of the best decisions we've made, dude, because you and I, oh, yeah. we've only seen when we first started doing it, I think I'd only seen two or three episodes in total. I think you'd only seen a handful. Oh, I'd seen probably about three or four at the most, yeah. Yeah, so going through all of those stories fresh and watching it for the first time with fresh eyes. And when you watch a story like this one, which is so good, it's just such a treat because a lot of Who fans, rightly so, will dive into everything. So they'll watch, obviously, you know, every episode, every spinoff. Whereas sometimes people are quite surprised when they hear that we haven't watched all of Torchwood or all of Sarah Jane. But in a way, that's cool because even now in 2021, we're still experiencing something brand new from the world of Doctor Who. So it floored me in that respect. I was like, oh man, that was the last like full on 10 episode or whatever, eight or 10 episode series that we're going to have. So I'm looking forward to the next three episodes, dude, from series five, but it is bittersweet. I must say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this this felt like a proper ending and I'm not sure what we're going to get with series five because it wasn't completed um i'm sort of glad that we have got three more but um but the thing is like you i've just loved i love the this attic crew i think that's the thing over the course of these four series we've got to know so many characters and some of them like maria she's no longer in it but i still remember her you know she's like oh do you remember maria she was in the was it the first sex great character um and i think rand has been a good character to introduce as well which is obviously more recent um, who was the other one that was in between as well? Um, um, well, just be, while you're thinking of that, um, Maria's dad was very cool as well in the first oh, series. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot, but yeah. He was I mean, great. there's just been some brilliant, brilliant characters throughout this series. And I mean, Harash and Gita as well, they got to have their own little adventure in, in this series and they've become really good fun. It's just such a, 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 it's the sort of series that just leaves you with such a warm glow. Um, and I think it is because of the characters in it. Um, so even when the stories may be a little below par, is you always look forward to seeing the attic crew. The cast just works so brilliantly together. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sad that we've only got three episodes left, but this was a corker, and I love it when it doesn't happen that often that you finish watching something and it leaves you, like you said, you take thirty seconds to feel that buzz of what you've just watched. I mean, most of the time you'll enjoy something, yeah, that was good, and you immediately switch over try and find something else good to watch. It doesn't really have that lasting impression on you. Um, so this is definitely an episode that left a lasting impression. I just, yeah, had a real buzz after watching it. And I love it when that happens, that extra buzz. Yeah. No, I agree, yeah. mate. Yeah. Okay, so I've got nothing else to chat through, dude. So unless you've got anything, we'll get on to scores. No, no, I haven't, mate. No. Okay, cool. So uh, I think it's me to go first. So I will go with a nine out of ten. And I'm on the same page as you, my friend. I've also given it a 9 out of 10. Oh, sweet. Oh, nice, dude, yeah. Brilliant episode. Yeah, yeah. I gave it a 9 because um, it was just so such a great watch. And it was, it was one of those SJAs where it was 
filled with action, humour, very emotional for more reasons than one. And the performances for me were just bang, like top notch from everybody. So can't really fault it too much. Um, so yeah, a solid nine, dude, for me. I, I was just thinking as well, if you put together a best of compilation of the four series of Sarah Jane, one, so say you were going to make one season, one series, sorry, I know you hate that word. If you were <laughs> going to make one series out of all four series of Sarah Jane, what a series that would be. If you picked all the best episodes, like Wedding of Sarah Jane, this one, Goodbye Sarah Jane. So there are so many good stories ac- across the four series. You could have one hell of a best of, wouldn't you? Oh, I dude. mean, it's truly yeah. something, if you yeah. think about it. Um, uh, the What was the Doctor one with Matt Smith in? Uh, Matt uh, Smith, that was... Um, was it Day of, Death of the Doctor? Death of the Doctor, yeah. You know, imagine yeah. episode, if you had... There's just been so many good stories across this series. Mm-hmm. It's um, quite something, really. Yeah, it's yeah. been awesome, yeah. Like, what ha- whatever happened to Sarah Jane, that was a oh, cracking episode from cracker. Series That's 1. That's what I mean. If you just picked out the best of Sarah Jane, you'd have a phenomenal series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loads of stuff, man. Yeah, loads yeah. of really cool stuff. So... Cool, cool. Okay, so nines from us then. What did our awesome listeners think? We had half a dozen reviews in as always, so thank you very much, guys. Let's kick off with Sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, goodbye, Sarah Jane Smith. Ruby White is a bit standoffish, then she turns out to be the villain. I realise no one knew at the time, but a storyline about Sarah Jane being ill is terribly difficult given how sick Liz herself gets not too much later. This particular Ian stomach reminds me of the nesting consciousness from Rose. I think the story is fine, but given how close to the time it is, rate Liz Sladen unfortunately dying while Sarah Jane herself lives on, I don't think I can rate this one. Sorry. Rest in peace, Liz Sladen. Yeah. Oh, Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. Yeah, that is a difficult one to um difficult one to get into. Yeah, I must admit, I thought for a second it was the nesting consciousness when we first saw that bulging stomach. Um, it did look a bit nesting, didn't it? <laughs> it did a little bit, yeah. So nice score from Sammy, because Sammy got a bit of emotion there. It's, yeah, I felt like that a couple of times, Sammy watching through it. So, But thank you very much for your, your thoughts, though, on that one, Sammy. Moving on, this is, um, I'm pretty sure this is a new audio reviewer. So, Maybe. So, uh, warm welcome to Henry Gillespie. Hello, Gary and Adam. Henry here with my first audio review. This is a very good two-parter and probably the best series finale in the show. Whereas series one to three of returning or similar threats in the Slovene, Mrs. Wormwood, Karg and the Blatherine, Ruby White is first introduced in this story, and this is a nice change. I like Ruby's character and feel like she is written well and with depth. I remember on initial broadcast, when I was very young, Ruby's betrayal came with great surprise and even now I think it was well done and not completely obvious to first time viewers. Each of the Attic Gang is written well in this. Sarah Jane is performed brilliantly as always by the amazing Liz Sladen. Ronnie and Clyde are well used especially in their reaction to Sarah Jane leaving suddenly. Luke has his moment to shine and save the day which shows his character development since series one and it's always nice seeing K9 help save the day. Overall it's a very good episode and a fitting end to in my opinion the best series of SJA. Nine out of ten. A nine as well. Another nine yes. Nice one yeah Henry thank you very much for your very first audio review uh, buddy very much appreciated and yeah it's um I think I'm with you on that one, dude. I think series four is probably the strongest 
um, we've had because in all the other series that we've gone through, they've been consistently good. Don't get me wrong, but I think this one has had some real strong, some real strong ones. So yeah, I'm with you on that, dude. Uh, and thank you very much for your review as well. Nine out of ten. Moving yes. on, this is Mr. Neil Cam. Hi guys, how's it going? So goodbye, Sarah Jane Smith. For me, Elizabeth Sladen in general uh, was just brilliant. She was a brilliant actress, and for me, the character Sarah Jane Smith was the greatest and definitive Doctor Who companion of all time. So anything she's in, you know, is always going to be good. Um, that being said, for the actual story itself, there were some nice nods to Doctor Who. Obviously, she refers to the John Pertwee story, The Time Warrior, and when she first um, burst onto our screens, shall we say. K9, um, obviously, features for the last time. And, yeah, like... For a Sarah Jane adventure story, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Obviously, it's more for children than it is for adults. That's why it was devised in the first place. But there's some nice nods to Doctor Who in it. And it's a, it's a pretty solid story. Um, funnily enough, I actually watched the Tom Baker Blu-ray box set there recently, Series 14. And obviously, The Hand of Fear is a really good story. And it's quite sad whenever she leaves. It's a very poignant ending. Um, and obviously, you know, with this story itself, it's sad because it was the last story to air, I think, while she was still alive. So, yeah, I, I did like the voiceover at the end where she chats and it, it zooms out, you know, that shot of the Earth in space. Um, it reminded me of both the ninth and 10th Doctor eras because those sort of shots were quite prominent then. So, yep, there you go. Seven out of ten. Cheers, guys. Seven. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, talking of the the yeah you're right there was a, a mention back to to Pertwee and so on but it would have been interesting to see because the original concept for this finale wasn't this story at all it was meant to be a sequel to Planet of the Spiders yeah uh, which Sarah Jane was obviously in so it would have been interesting to see um, how they what they did for that but for some reason I'm not sure on the exact details but they just couldn't make it work for some reason so they. They chose this um, story instead, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, and, and also it's emotional as well, Neil. You're absolutely right. So, but a seven from Neil, so a, a decent score still from Neil. Uh, so thank you very much, Neil. Moving on, this is Tarnisnet sixty six. My joint favourite story of the Sarah Jane Adventures, along with the Nightmare Man, I think Elizabeth Sladen's performance in this story is probably her best performance in her entire run as the character. And it's really tragic seeing her deal with becoming more tired and dealing with her age and illness and battling with her responsibility. I think Ruby is a really strong villain and very much parallels Sarah Jane with her maturity and strength but can turn very quickly into this sadistic and evil character. Seeing her manipulate Sarah Jane and the gang to feed upon her is very clever and the story challenges the characters splitting Clyde and Rani apart and seeing Clyde being brought to the brink of death. But it shows Sarah Jane's influence as Luke, Clyde, Rani and K-9 all come together to save Sarah Jane. And we have a very optimistic and very heartwarming ending. I really love it. Oh, nice one, Tard, isn't it? He loves it. Yeah, it's always funny when uh, I always wait for the review at the end, but Tardis Net's just like, no, I either like, like it or I don't. <laughs> so that's really cool. But... Uh, Yes, and also that scene you mentioned with the manipulation and so on from Ruby White was done very well. Yeah, I agree with oh. you on that, dude. But yeah, sounds like you liked it, Tyler Snet. So thank you very much. Uh, moving on, this is Mr. Matt Steele. 
Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you guys are well and have had a good few weeks. So, this week, goodbye, Sarah Jane. Yeah, this story is an incredibly tough pill to swallow. Featuring the slow deterioration and near death of Sarah Jane, tragically just months before Elizabeth Sladen's heartbreaking passing. However, putting the emotions to one side, I thought Clayton Hickman and Gareth Roberts delivered a great series final, packed full of suspense, action and emotion. The main cast were on fire as always, even Gita and Naresh gave heartwarming performances, which is a refreshing change from Gita's I'm on a kid's show to let's be happy all the time usual performance. The concept of feeding off the emotions of others is an interesting idea. I'm surprised it hasn't been used again in a future story. Ruby White, played by Julie Graham, who also stars in Ascension and the Timeless Children as Ravio, is a convincing villain on the whole, although she did come across a little pantomime at times. Overall, it's a great series final, if incredibly bittersweet. I give this story an 8.5 out of 10. Cheers, guys. I'll see you again. Thank you, Mr. Steele. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Steele. Yeah, it's... um. Ah, oh, so it wasn't um, Avkolos that she was in as Ravio. That was series 11, wasn't it? I got that wrong earlier. So this would have been the Timeless Children, all the Timeless oh, Child yes. stuff from series 12. Sorry, yes. Thank you for prodding my, my, my memory there, Mr. Steele. Um, but yeah, a decent score again. Yeah, another good score. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, Matt, for sending that in. And our last review, this is Mr. Joe Turner. Goodbye, Sarah Jane was an interesting story. For me, it wasn't really a finale, but at the end of the day, it was decent. The plot was a bit unoriginal. I liked how the first episode plants the seeds in the way that Sarah forgets the Doctor and gives Clyde a gun. The Dark Horde at the start looked cool, and I hope they get explored more one day. Also, when Sarah gets taken, it tests the relationships of the Attic crew and shows Sarah is almost a glue that holds them together. One of my favourite scenes in this was with Geeta and Rani. She's incredibly honest with Rani about how she felt jealous, but saw Sarah made her happy and that's all she wants. To see a more emotional side to her character was nice. Also, it's actually Gita who convinces Rani that Sarah isn't gone, so well done Gita. The prison ship was cool, however I felt Ruby lacked the threat level you need to have in the finale, and I struggled to believe that she devoured several worlds. It was nice seeing Luke, and great to see some K-9 and Mr. Smith action. Finally, I felt the ending was a little rushed, but to see them at the end drive off in Luke's car for a well-earned break brought me a smile. So overall, I give this episode a 7 out of 10. Thank you. A 7 from Joe. 7. 7. Exactly the same as you, Joe. A little smile at the end when you saw them drive off in the yellow bug. It was very cool. And yeah, I agree with you as well. It was emotional times. So yeah, dude, all round a solid episode and you gave it a 7. So uh, a respectable score there. Joe. So thank you very much, guys, all of you for sending in your audio clips. It's very much appreciated. I think the average score from you guys is probably an eight ish, 8.5. But thank you so much. Uh, We had just a few over on the socials over on Twitter. We had Jordan Shortman, one of our writers said, I don't think I've seen this one since its original broadcast. But for me, this is where the show properly ended for me. The acting from everyone is great. And Elizabeth Sladen, despite acting while she was ill, um, a great story to wrap up a very strong series. Chippy T says, I can't concentrate because I know what's about to happen. It's too sad. Anyway, to the story, another good one and a neat concept of living off other people's emotions. Done similarly before, but mixes a lot of other strands into the story. Lots Mm. of weepy emojis out of 10. Oh, Chippy T. And lastly, Sarah Jane, the running Whovian, says, a well-written story with the usual attention to detail and great performances from all, particularly Liz, who portrayed the cognitive dysfunction element very well. I also think the... 
deep fake broadcast of Sarah Jane's final message demonstrates the demonstrates the creators were ahead of their time. An eight out of ten. You are correct with that, nice. Sarah, for sure. Uh, and then over on Facebook, just one comment. Mr. Joseph Howarth said, out of all the Series 4 episodes, this one is definitely an episode I haven't seen before in this altogether. It was a really good watch, if a concept I've seen before. Great to see Luke and K-9 return. Ruby was quite hammy in places. Otherwise, it's a little niggle in an otherwise great story. An 8 out of 10. Cool. So, yeah, you're right. It's probably about 8, eight 9 is around the sort of score, isn't it? Yeah. 8.5, yeah. Yeah, around there. Yes. So thank you as always, everybody, for sending in your clips and your jumping on socials and telling us your thoughts for this week's um, review story. Next week, bud, what story are we reviewing? <laughs> oh, no, I was about to say, God. well, we're not, are we? We're not doing a story because it's the 300th episode. So, Gary, hit us with it. What are we doing? Yeah, so to celebrate episode 300, which is still quite unbelievable, to be honest with you. Uh, we are not going to do any, it's going to be a completely different show. We're not going to do news or merch because there probably won't be any anyway. And we're not going to have a review story. What we are going to do is drag on our writing team from the website. So we'll be joined next week by Maria, Mark and Jordan. We're going to have a bit of a, just a chat about Doctor Who in general, really a bit of a round table, uh, discuss what we like and are not so fond of in the world of Who, all the way back to classic modern Doctor Who and the spin-offs, everything, big finish. And we're just going to have a good old chinwag about some stuff that's happening as well in the world of Doctor Who. So it's going to be really cool. We're just going to chill out and um, and talk about stuff. And then we'll probably, uh, um, if we have time, we might just go through some of our highlights over the past however many years and 300 episodes and stuff and, and all that stuff. So a bit of a, a loose show next week, no agenda as such, but yeah. We're going to talk about all things Doctor Who with our writing scene. It's going to be corded. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun just to hang out with those guys. Yes, indeed. Have a good old waffle. Yes, indeed. So that's going to do it for episode 299, I think. Yeah, let's wrap there, dude. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming back and listening to another week of the Big Blue Box podcast. It's been great to have you all listening once again. And as I said earlier, new listeners, anyone that's recently discovered the show, welcome aboard. It's great to have you here. And now long-time listeners, the Grizzled Ancients, it's good to have you back as always. Uh, remember to subscribe to our show if you've listened to it to a, for a few weeks or whatever. Uh, hit that subscribe in whatever app you get your podcasts on, it's great to have you as a, as a sub so you don't miss a show and it lands every Friday. And if you listen on something like Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you can leave a review, if you've got a minute to do that, that would be awesome because that really helps us out a lot. And thank you to our recent peeps who have left reviews. It's very much appreciated. Head over to the website as well, Big Blue Box Podcast at Codet UK. You listen to all of our shows on there, plus you can check out all of the reviews and articles from the writing team. And there are links on the website to go to the socials and our free Discord server as well. So head over to those things, give us a like and a follow, sign up to the Discord, come and chat uh, with other Who fans around everything to do with Doctor Who. We will chat about that stuff in between shows. And also remember to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. It is, of course, the Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yes. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a link to the website as well. Otherwise, just go to YouTube and search for Adam as the Geek's Handbag. You'll find him on there. Tons of really cool videos. If reviews and unboxings and location visits and all of that stuff is, if that's your bag, then grab a drink and get comfy and, and settle in and watch Adam's videos. Really, really cool. You'll get lost. Like hours will go by, but like, bloody hell. I've watched a ton of videos. It's a, a great channel. And Adam's on the socials too. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the same name. So uh, go and hunt him down and give him a like and a follow. And uh, yeah, as I said, we all, you know, there's a huge community of, of really cool Who fans um, that, we're, that we're very lucky to, to be part of. There's no toxic stuff going on just come and jump in and chat doctor who it's all good so next week bud and uh, to you guys as we said no review episode anything like that but come and join us as we chat with our writing team and just chat about all things doctor who it's going to be good so we'll see you next week until then my name's gary my name's adam and remember hey, hey.